Uh, the last few weeks, uh, we have really been having the time of our lives uh, with this series on generations of the, the time of our parents' lives and our grandparents' lives, our kids, our grandkids' lives too. Uh, and this biblical truth has really been our guide throughout this entire series that God remains the same forever. And his throne continues from generation to generation. And we've been discovering how God has, has reigned through uh, every generation, how each generation uh, that, that is represented in our church as adults has been molded and shaped by uh, world events and the challenges of life and how that has impacted their, their character and faith development. And we've, uh, you've probably been able to repeat these goals back to me now, but uh, our goals have been, been threefold, uh, that we can better understand each generation, but more than understanding that we can really begin to appreciate uh, the positive godly characteristics uh, that each generation really exhibits. And most importantly, to live out God's vision for an intergenerational church where uh, we can embody the very best of each generation uh, such that together we can uh, really reflect a fuller image of God's vision for the church. And, and I think we've been making great progress on those goals. And I think uh, many of you have thought uh, the same based on the number of messages that I have received from you about the impact this series has been making on you. Uh, I've, I've received far more messages about this series than, than any other one uh, that I've done. And, and together, we've, we have better understood the builders, those 75 and older, and their, how they've molded self-sacrifice and commitment for the good of others. Uh, we learned uh, a little bit about the revolutionary heart of the baby boomers, those between 53 and 74 who have really sought uh, for justice and equality for all people. And last week we saw in Gen X, those between 34 and 52, uh, a journey for authentic and relevant community that meets people's needs and really heals uh, deep hurt and brokenness. Uh, now, of course, Jesus reflects all of these. Uh, Jesus reflects every bit of this. His self-sacrifice, his calling to stand up to injustice, uh, his uh, calling for people into authentic and relevant community that meets real needs of real people. And not, not only have we better understood the generations, but I really think we've uh, begun appreciating the generations. And we're going to do that even more so next week when we all, all four of our worship services, uh, get together in one place uh, here at 10 a.m. in the Family Life Center for a combined worship service, which will have a lunch to follow. So we're, we're excited about that. You won't want to miss that. It will really be a time of honoring and, and uh, really seeing how God has been at work. Uh, from generation to generation. Uh, of course, there, there's so much more to each generation than what we've talked about in this series. This has really just been the tip of the iceberg, but today we're going to dive a little bit deeper into uh, the final generation of this series, uh, the last generation born in the 20th century, uh, somewhere between 1984 and 2002. Uh, the, they have been given all kinds of names. Uh, the most common one that, that you've heard is millennials, which is given because they're the last generation of born uh, in the millennium. Sometimes they've been called the Ritalin generation uh, <laughs> uh, because of the sharp rise in the use of this drug, uh, particularly in the mid-90s through the 2000s to medicate attention deficit disorder. 
Uh, sometimes this generation has been called the connected generation because of the advent of cell phones and texting and social media that, that keeps them in touch with others constantly. Uh, uh, one, of, one of my favorites, uh, the smorgasbord generation, uh, simply because of all of the options, the array of options available for activities and interests that are open to this generation. Uh, but the one that, that I, I've chosen for this series is the name Mosaics, because I, I think it points to the fact that, that this is an extremely diverse generation, uh, including diversity of views, of tastes, of beliefs, of music, and, uh, and yes, uh, ethnicity also. Um, uh, mosaics are the children of the youngest boomers and the oldest Gen Xers. They're, they're the grandchildren and sometimes the great-grandchildren of the builders. And as with every generation, there are a couple of subgroups, depending on whether you were born in kind of the first wave of the generation or, or the latter half of the generation. You've got those first that were born between 1984 and 1993, uh, and, and there's some, somewhere between the age of 25 and 33. Anybody? Anybody in that range? All right, uh, a couple of you. Uh, th this, this is sometimes called Generation Y, uh, not only because it followed Generation X, uh, but also because of the, oftentimes the, the constant questioning of absolute truth claims. Uh, this this uh, wave is really comfortable with diversity, and, and famous people from this wave include LeBron James, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Michael Phelps, Drake, Lady Gaga, uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, right? Uh, Lionel Messi, uh, Adele, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, all the, uh, the younger Harry Potter stars, and some of you are going to have to look all those people up. Uh, and then the, the younger wave, who are the true millennials, uh, born between 1994 and 2002, roughly, making them uh, around high school to grad school age, uh, they, they are most, the, the most supervised generation of all time and have made Justin Bieber, uh, Kylie Jenner, Jake Paul, um, and uh, uh, Jaden Smith uh, famous. Any, anybody in that wave who's here today? I know our singers were today, uh, a few of you, yeah. Uh, well, uh, although, although they're, you know, the formative years of each generation occur between uh, the ages of, of 13 and 22, and this, this generation isn't completely full, uh, through that wave yet. So, so uh, even though these events are still uh, happening, we can pretty uh, accurately uh, see the things that have shaped uh, this mosaic generation. Uh, let's make this a little personal first, though. Uh, I'd love for you to watch this video of a mosaic from our very own congregation, uh, Drew Allsman. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. drums at Troy UMC and I'm really involved in the worship team there and I was born in April uh, of 1995 I'm 23 years old and I'm a mosaic Some of the things that have impacted my generation specifically have been um, 
the connectivity, um, the easiness of being connected to everyone, um, whether it's in this country or a country um, you know, overseas or whatever it may be, it's just the, the easiness of being able to be connected with so many different people and so many different things, um, it's kind of astounding when you think about it. And, and for me, that's been really impactful, um, whether it's on social media or whatever it may be, that I can reach so many different people um, and they can connect with me. And I think that's an opportunity that, that our generation has that previous generations haven't really had. So it's, it's pretty crazy nowadays how many apps you can access at your fingertips, um, just some of the browsers you can get to on the go and things like that. And, and just something like Google, you can Google something in the car now. and um, you know, Facebook, you can connect with your friends, um, and not just Facebook, but Twitter, and so many you know, these other social media um, avenues that you can, you can just access, whether you're on the go, whether you're just sitting at home, without even pulling out a laptop anymore. That used to be amazing that you could do it on, on a computer, and now you can do it on a device that fits in your pocket. And, you know, heck, even now you've got an Apple Watch or something like that, you can just flip your wrist over and, and connect with people all over the world. And that's really insane when you think about it. So I think the one thing I would want um, maybe some of the older generations to know about our generation is that we really do live and have grown up in a fast-paced um, environment. We're just used to that, that you know, us wanting to, to change things at a fast pace or to see these enhancements and improvements at a fast pace. It's just, it's what we've grown up with. We've grown up with everything at, at, at our fingertips with the click of a button. And we're just so used to that, that maybe we sometimes get ahead of what other generations might be used to. And I think sometimes that makes us look like we're impatient or irresponsible or whatever that may be. And I really think it's just the culture we've been brought up in as we come to accept the fact that we can, we can get to what we want in a quicker, at a quicker pace than what other generations previously could, and I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think sometimes it's not quite understood by the generation just how fast-paced um, of a culture we, we've grown up in versus what maybe they did. It's kind of been scary how many, um, you know, school shootings and, and terrorist acts have been committed just from, you know, the times that I can remember. Um, you had 9-11, which I don't remember that well. Um, I was six years old when it happened. Um, but I've kind of been able to, to see the after effects of it and, and the heightened security at airports and just all over, all over the country um, that were a result of that, that terrorist act alone. Growing up, I was, um, I was pretty close with all my family. I still am to this day. Um, they're all from this area for the most part. So I, I was blessed to have a pretty close-knit family on both my mom and dad's side. Um, and, and that's been amazing and still is to this day. Um, my parents were very involved with me. I played um, a lot of select sports growing up and they were at everything they could be at. Um, my dad was out in the backyard coaching me uh, on those things. And um, I do think you see that more and more uh, today, um, that just the parental involvement, whether it's because they, they felt it was lacking in their lives or in their generation or whatever it is, them being more involved in their in their kids' lives. I think you see that a lot and, and trying to be in as many at, at as many events as possible or just um, just the, the communication with coaches. I see that a lot from like parents uh, reaching out to coaches uh, when you know their kid doesn't you know get to play as much as they want them to or, or whatever it may be. I, I think you see that more today than in the in the past. It would have just been, you know, you're kinda on your own, you know, you you earn your playing time or you, whatever it may be. I think that is, has really changed, um, especially over the last 15 to 20 years. Growing up, I was always really involved in church. Um, 
I grew up in a small Baptist church um, with, with my family. My dad was the worship leader there, and my mom was in the praise team. So from, from the beginning stages, worship was always a, a huge part uh, of my life. And um, I remember um, I got saved at a very young age, asked Christ into my heart, got baptized. Um, it was during a BBS um, at, our, at our small church. Um, it was just real, I felt the, the call to, to accept Christ and um, I hadn't really felt it before then and, and then just it all kind of made sense. And ever since then I've been, you know, going to church almost every Sunday as religiously as possible. Uh, I've been involved uh, in a praise band probably since I was 10 years old um, in one facet or another. And that's always been a way for me to express my faith and, and help to lead other people in worship and that's always been insanely important to me and it still is obviously to uh, this day. But um, like I said, growing up I grew up in a Christian household. My um, Even my grandparents were, were firm believers and really helped to guide me down that path. And I'm so thankful for that because I don't see that in all my friends' lives. And um, they have struggles today and don't know where to turn. And I and I don't have that issue. I know where I can turn with my struggles. And um, just being a Christian from a young age and being in church has helped helped shape who I, I really am today and and what I want to do with my life and how I want to continue to to grow in that faith. And and I see it as as so important. Um, just just with the ever changing world and and how many different options there are nowadays to really be rooted in one from, from an early age has, has helped me uh, get to where I am today and be rooted where I am today um, doing what I do. Well, Drew gave you a pretty good overview of uh, really uh, the vantage point of that second wave of mosaics, uh, but, but I want to get a little more specific in some of the things that, that have shaped this generation. Uh, cultural trends first. Uh, the mosaics, as their name describes, uh, really are the most diverse generation ever in America. Um, uh, at least 33% of the mosaic population is non-white. Um, that's, that's up from 15% of their builder uh, grandparents or great-grandparents. And that number is going to be going up even more for the emerging generation uh, that my kids uh, are a part of. Uh, of course, mosaics are tech savvy, um, and they, they tend to be more entrepreneurial uh, than other generations uh, for, uh, because of that reason. Uh, but, but more than that, they're a very, very connected generation. Uh, whether it's with Facebook, emailing, texting, uh, Snapchat, Instagram, IMing, Twitter, YouTube, uh, WhatsApp, or you name it, uh, <laughs> connection is the outcome. Uh, connection to their parents, to uh, many times their grandparents, to their friends, uh, other family, of uh, people all around the world in some cases. In fact, it is impossible to overemphasize the significance of the connections uh, made possible in the lives of mosaics. Uh, according to one study, 83% um, of mosaics sleep with or next to their cell phone. Uh, Drew, I asked Drew this, he's like, guilty as charged. You know, wake up in the middle of the night and, and check to see uh, what messages he may have received uh, since he went to sleep. Uh, and uh, researchers uh, have determined that, that fully one-third of this generation's waking life, it's probably more now, these are statistics that are about three years old, um, uh, one-third of their waking life is spent online 
or in front of a computer of some sort. Um, while, while these might seem like alarming statistics to older generations, for mosaics, it's, it's just the this simple reality of their life. And, and it's important to remember that technology for mosaics isn't an end unto itself. It really is a means to an end, and that end is interpersonal intimacy. Now, uh, again, uh, for older generations, this might seem counterintuitive, uh, where we see technology as cold and impersonal, but that is not how mosaics perceive it at all. Um, that, that leads to something else. Mosaics, as a generation, are extremely relational. Relationships are the one fixed point in the Mosaics universe. Everything is evaluated on uh, how it contributes to or detracts from their ability to tend to those most important relationships in their lives. Uh, all the research of this generation uh, points to the fact that relationship is the center. That, that, that is the center of their lives and their happiness depends uh, upon maintaining good and positive uh, connections with other people, whether that's face-to-face -face and ever-increasingly uh, through social media. Uh, the Mosaics, are, of course, are the first generation of the information age, uh, which we can lump in with the, the reality that they are a technology-dependent generation. I mean, watch out when, when the power grid goes down for a little while, uh, right? Um, the, the ability to access information at any moment from any place using your smartphone or tablet or your watch or whatever allows this generation to experience a diverse array of cultures, viewpoints, music, and any other kind of information that they desire. I mean, they are exposed to everything. And this has accelerated uh, the proliferation of postmodern thinking for this generation. Uh, the postmodern world no longer accepts truth at face value, um, think fake news, right? Where, where uh, in postmodern thinking, all acts of knowledge uh, should be called into question. Uh, globalization has led to this generation um, uh, believing that, that there are multiple correct truths for any question. Uh, thus, the postmodern world is one where the, the biggest values are placed on diversity and on justice and tolerance of all different kinds of viewpoints. Uh, but mosaics have also been greatly formed by their families. Uh, just like you heard in Drew's story, that is not uncommon. Uh, whereas Xers uh, tended to feel a little more disconnected and disillusioned from their older boomer parents, uh, when the younger boomers began having kids and older Gen Xers began having kids, they vowed that they were going to do uh, this differently. And, and so, uh, despite the fact that, that families are broken by divorce uh, in Mosaic families just as much um, as, as they were for Xers, uh, parents of Mosaics tend to be much more involved in their kids' lives. Mosaic children really were doted upon uh, from a very early age, um, uh, more than any other generation before. I mean, every, every need was tended to, every hurt was alleviated, no owie went unkissed. Uh, <laughs> really, rarely did, did mosaics have an unscheduled hour in, in their lives. Uh, they, they are as busy, their calendars are as full as their parents' calendars are. Soccer, music lessons, dance team, Lego club, uh, you name it. Mosaic children have been given more attention than they can possibly absorb. 
uh, parents of mosaics have been dubbed helicopter parents, right? Because of the, the, the hovering uh, and close attention that they give to every aspect of their children's lives. And, and this, is, this has resulted in, in a few things. Um, on the positive end of things, mosaics' relationships with their parents and families are oftentimes strong and loving and intact. Nine out of ten mosaics report that their parents have had a positive influence in their, in their lives. Um, and that's not just during the formational years, it's an ongoing relationship. 87% of mosaics today value their parents as an important source of advice and assistance. Uh, but on the negative end, the helicopter parenting has led to um, a, a, general, a general mosaic, uh, ongoing deep need for approval. Um, most were brought up in an environment where their self-esteem was bolstered uh, at every turn. I mean, think trophy for participating. Um, uh, uh, consequently, they're accustomed to a constant stream of, of external approval and in its absence, oftentimes struggle to supply it for themselves. Um, in fact, this is one of the most appealing aspects of the Christian faith to the Mosaic generation, that, that there is a God who loves them and accepts them um, no matter what. Uh, th this generation, uh, as you saw in the video, has also been molded by some of the ills of this world. Um, the rules have changed for Mosaics. Uh, they've been let down by the economy and the job market. Costs to go to college have skyrocketed. Those of you who are parents of Mosaics know this. Uh, the costs have skyrocketed, but they have not been met with a great job market once Mosaics graduate. It is not uncommon uh, for Mosaics to graduate from college with tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt with no job waiting for them upon graduation. Um, uh, global warming to Mosaics feels like uh, a, a problem that current generations are, are just passing on to them to solve. Uh, global terrorism in the wake of 9-11 has created an atmosphere of fear and, and kind of this, this dark cloud hovering over everything. Uh, really, the protective bubble of their world was smashed by the terrorists as much as, as the Twin Towers were smashed. Uh, but, but more close to home, mosaics have been uh, forever altered by uh, domestic terrorism, uh, really ever since April 20th of 1999. Uh, this was, of course, the date of the, uh, the date when students throughout the United States watched in horror uh, as the news coverage of the Columbine shootings took place. Uh, th this event really, and the subsequent school shootings, uh, have created the, the same kind of effect in the lives of mosaics as the political assassinations of the 60s did on the boomers. Uh, if Columbine were an isolated incident, maybe it would be uh, kind of forgotten by now. Uh, but it wasn't, and it isn't. Since Columbine, at least 223 people have died in the United States in school shootings. Needless to say, many mosaics and their parents began to feel that even school wasn't a safe place. Despite this, remarkably, mosaics still tend to be extremely optimistic. I mean, the, the, even the songs uh, you know, the, that uh, they were singing were, were fun songs, to, uh, you know, happy. I mean, how can you get any more optimistic than that? Uh, but, 
but uh, they tend to be uh, really optimistic. And, and one mosaic put it this way, that parents have instilled a belief in us that we can do anything. Teachers have taught us that we can accomplish whatever we want as long as we put our mind to it. We not only have the belief that we can make a difference, we have the desire to do so. Uh, but there's one more thing that I think is really important to understand about mosaics, and it could be uh, because they've always had a multitude of options at their fingertips, uh, or, or because maybe they've received this message from their parents or the media or their friends. Uh, but, but the kind of the overarching generational goal for mosaics is, is back to that song again, is to be happy. If you're doing things right, then, then you'll be happy. If you're, if you're not happy, then it must be that you're doing something wrong. Uh, and, and by and large, mosaics, I mean, they're, they're a pretty happy lot, aren't they? Uh, the, this desire for happiness uh, plays into the faith of mosaics. Or, in some many cases, their, their lack of faith. Uh, mosaics out of the four generations that we've looked at this, thus far are the least likely to be a part of the church. And, and this is due in part to just the, the age, the time of life that mosaics are, are in. Um, it's, it's typical for generations to fade away from the church in high school and college and then come back as life kind of settles down again. Uh, but, but I think there's more going on than just that. Uh, mosaics uh, may, may be the least active in church, but that doesn't make them unspiritual, uh, not, not in the least. Um, in fact, re several researchers and sociologists have identified what seems to be kind of the default faith of the Mosaic generation. It's a belief system that has been dubbed moralistic therapeutic deism. Moralistic therapeutic deism. And it has five basic tenets. Um, just, just see how this creates kind of a worldview for uh, the, the younger generation today. Uh, a belief that, that God exists and created the world and watches over the world. Uh, that, secondly, that, that God wants people to be good and nice and fair to each other, as taught in the Bible and, and really all major world religions. Uh, but three, the central goal of life, they believe, is to be happy and to feel good about themselves. Fourth, uh, the way God comes in is God doesn't really uh, need to be particularly involved in one's life except when God is needed to resolve a problem. Um, and fifth, and, and finally, that, that you're all right if you're good. A, a good. Good people, when they die, they're, they're with God. They, they are in heaven. And this is a faith that ultimately believes that God wants us to be good and to feel good. So do whatever makes you feel good, as long as it's not hurting anybody else, because that wouldn't be being good. Uh, mosaics who have found true faith in Christ and who want to see their friends come to faith realize that this is the mindset of a lot of their peers that, that their peers live with uh, and think, hey, you know, I'm a good person. I'm not hurting anybody. So, so that should be enough, right? If more people of this mosaic generation are going to come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, not, not, not become a part of the institution, but really have a saving relationship with Jesus um, and become a part of his kingdom, then, then the faith that we proclaim as Christians and as a church of all generations is, is going to have to be simple and straightforward and all-encompassing. 
Uh, mosaics don't like to get bogged down in details. Um, you know this. If, if, if Gen X was a soundbite generation, uh, then mosaics are a TLDR generation. Too long, didn't read. Uh, now, there, there are, we need to keep the face simple and straightforward. I mean, there are just far too many other distractions out there for mosaics to get absorbed in. And, and our faith really has to be all-encompassing. Mosaics want to make sure that the statements that, that we make about faith really match up with the way that we live our lives. Uh, uh, faith needs to be holistic. It cannot just be a, a personal me thing. It has to be relational, too. Um, it has to touch every uh, important thing in their lives. Mer uh, moralistic, therapeutic deism relegates God to simply being a problem solver. But, but a life in God's kingdom is so much more. And, and churches uh, have to help young mosaics understand that believing in Jesus involves following Jesus in every area of their life. And this is compelling to mosaics, uh, whose lives have often been very fragmented. This is compelling, uh, 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 especially when it me means making a real impact in the world with their lives or standing up to violence or intolerance or poor stewardship of the earth or, or understanding that, that worship can be artistic and that God cares about their family life and their work life and their social lives. And those of us from older generations, we really can learn an awful lot and appreciate an awful lot about uh, these youngsters. Uh, we can be inspired by the way that they are very relational. I mean, they, they care about their relationships and they're open to diversity and relentlessly optimistic. Uh, but I believe we can most admire the Mosaic's desire for a wholehearted faith that is simple and straightforward and all-encompassing. And if there were a particular passage that, of Scripture that seems most compelling to Mosaics, it might be this one. Um, you, you see, the, the Old Testament law, which was the, the faith-shaping document of the religious leaders of Jesus' day, would certainly qualify as TLDR uh, to folks today. Uh, uh, thankfully, Jesus summed it all up uh, in uh, all of the law and the prophets into the, most, the two most important commandments. Um, and, and he responded to this question, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And Jesus' call was to love God with your whole heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in, in the law and the prophets boils down to this. this. Friends, this is wholehearted. There's no getting around that. That requires everything you've got to love God and, and to love others. Um, and it is also simple and straightforward and all-encompassing. And, and living out that kind of faith leads, leads to true happiness. The, the, the happiness that, that, that can't be stolen, that can't be taken away, that can't be washed under by the circumstances of this life. And, and if we as a church can build the kind of community that helps people love God with their whole life, and love others as they love themselves, then we'll be the kind of church that connects with and is 
appealing to the Mosaic generation. Heck, I think, I think that's appealing to every generation. One final thing, that as a Christ follower uh, and as a pastor, I'd like to say to Mosaics, those of you who are 16 to 33, um, even the ones of you who didn't raise your hand when I asked. <laughs> um, so much of my life in ministry uh, up to this point has been with folks who are um, in your age group, particularly the, the older ones of you. Um, and in that time, I, I've learned that, that many of you have been told by your parents and those who groomed you growing up that you could do anything and be anything, that you could be world changers, that you could really change the world. And at the same time, because of the, the social media bubble, and the, the helicopter parenting, and the, the, uh, in, in some cases, the, the super involvement of your families. Maybe you, like many mosaics, have a, a deep fear of failure. You don't want to let anybody down. You're so relational. You, you, you don't want people to be disappointed in you. You don't want to fail at school or... Um, in getting a career or uh, now for you older mosaics and, and starting a family, having kids yourself, you don't want to fail at that stuff. And, and you, you see everybody else around you like, in the image that they project succeeding in everything. And you don't, you don't want to fail. And please hear this. You know, I, I believe that you, you can be world changers. You know, the, the, the fear that you have, it can be paralyzing at times and keep you on the stands rather than, than out on the field living life uh, because you, you're afraid that, that you might let somebody down, that you're not going to meet somebody's expectations. But I believe you can be a world changer, and I believe that with all my heart, but, but hear this. It doesn't, you don't change the world all the time in big, grandiose ways. It, you can really be a world changer in following the, the simple, non-assuming way of Jesus. By loving God with your whole heart and, and, and loving others as you love yourself. And, and so I just want to encourage you, don't, don't wait. You know, jump in. I, I love that, that Drew didn't wait. You know, he responded to Jesus' call at a young age. Respond to Jesus' call now. Don't, don't wait until you figured life out or until you feel like you've succeeded or that you've met somebody else's expectations. Simply follow Jesus with your whole heart and your whole life. And, and, and I believe, uh, I really believe that this is a great church community and there's, there are great people here that you can really jump in and do life together with on this journey with Jesus. Um, so let's pray together. In fact, let's all stand together and, and pray. Well, God Almighty, in, in Jesus, you really promise that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. And as we, we come to you, really, I mean, we're a church of many generations, God, and yet we are one church. Would you remind us of that? Would you remind us that at the end of the day, you call us to a simple faith, 
to follow you with our whole heart as we love God and love others. And Lord, I pray that you would, would take what little we have to offer with our lives and that you would do a miracle of multiplication and, and somehow, some way, transform the world through us. Not, not, not just the mosaic generation, but each and every one of us as we live out this simple faith and offer this simple faith to others. We pray it all in Jesus' name. The people of God agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.